Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, we will be talking about virtual wholesaling with creative terms. So, Jeff, what does that even mean? (laughs) So we're going to actually work on a, a deal that came from one of our listeners and it's in a market that neither of us are in or had any familiar familiarity with. Okay. And we're going to go through the process of how did we even decide if it was a deal? So the, the due diligence that we needed to do and the steps that I had him go through to, to try to make this happen. Okay. Okay. Cause I think what happens a lot, sometimes we look for deals that are out of our market, but more often we find someone just like he did. He's in Florida. He found someone in Florida, but had a property in New York. Okay. So uh, I think that happens you know, semi-frequently, and uh, a lot of times we just say, no, we don't work in that market, but That's sometimes true. it's a deal. Right, right. If the numbers work, they work, right? That's right. All right, well, so do you want to... Yeah. I'll you want to let, name him or? Uh, his name is Antorius. Okay. And he's out of Florida. Shout out to Antorius from Florida. Thanks for uh, listening and um, reaching out. So let's talk about uh, some of the details of this deal first. <clears throat> so it's in Fulton, New York. Okay. I have no idea I'm, where I, that is. I'm from New York and I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my guess is that. somewhere upstate. I didn't know you were from New York. Uh, it's been a long time. So I was born in New York. I lived there until I was eight years old. But oh, really? Yeah. What part? Uh, Long Island. Long Island? Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is a four-bedroom, two-bath. I think it's 1,900 square feet. Um, it's in default. Okay. Okay. And so he's behind on payments. And he's got a payment of... 500, I think it's like 563 or something, PITI. So he's got a balance of about 54,000, like a payoff of 54,000. So immediately I thought, wow, that's cheap for a 1900 square foot home in four bedroom, two bath. But you got to know what you're dealing with, what what's happening in that particular market. Right. So I told him the first thing that, that he needed to do was go back to the seller and ask him to order a reinstatement and a payoff from the bank. Yeah. So we wanted to see what the numbers were. Right. And I also wanted him to go and just Google Fulton, New York and the zip code. So when you Google the zip code, you'll find out some different aspects of the the area, maybe the crime rate, the median home price, stuff like that. Right. Okay. Very simple stuff. Uh-huh. And so after some time, 
we got the information back and what we found out is that the reinstatement's only like twenty five hundred dollars. Oh, and, that's yeah. yeah. And the payoff was around fifty four thousand. Okay. We also found out that it's kind of a cheap area, but they get good rents. So okay. That sounds pretty good. So what I did is I looked at Rentometer and plugged this in and tried to figure out what the rents would be. And I came up to about $1,000 a month. Then I started playing around with Redfin and Zillow and whatever. And you know, not the ideal way to comp a property, but I just wanted to get an idea of value. I don't, we don't need to be exact here. And then I told them, hey, how are we going to see what kind of condition the property is in? So I, I don't even know how he worked this out. He knew someone or had someone that was willing to go and take a look and took a few videos of the property. The property was like there was a key under the mat or something. Okay. So the property's not bad. I mean, it's dated. It's it's livable as is right now. It doesn't need... Could use some updating, but uh, <coughs> certainly could be rented as is right now. And so I said, all right, so this is kind of shaping up to be something. And, but I wanted to try to figure out what the value is. I mean, if this thing's worth 150,000, the seller's willing to just give it. He doesn't want any money, just willing to hand it over. Yeah. Okay. Take it over, take over my debt, do whatever you need to do. I don't care. Just save me from a foreclosure. Uh -huh. So I'm like, not a lot of money that needs to be invested in this. Uh, rents seem like they're pretty good. So how are we going to verify some of this stuff? So I told them, all right, I want you to reach out to a realtor and see if they'll run some comps for you. So he did. And the realtor came back with some comps. Okay. And I have nothing against realtors. I, I have a bunch of friends that are realtors and I have... Uh, there's plenty of investors that are realtors, but you've got to be so careful when you ask a realtor to run, run comps, comps for yeah. you. Right. I, th th these comps <laughs> were absolutely worthless. They were all over. I, I mean, uh, miles away. They range, this is 1,900, some were 1,000 square feet, some were, I'm like, they're, they're not even comparable. Yeah. So I told them, yeah, you got to find two more realtors. And then <laughs> one realtor it. sent us over a package. It was 65 pages long. What? Yeah. For, for a... Comps. Wow. <laughs> so then I also told them, I want you to reach out to some property managers and let's verify what this property could rent for. Pretty simple stuff, right? I mean, we're, we're not, this isn't like... You got to get really in depth at this point, right? So, yeah, um, basic research. So uh, we've gotten comps back, and I can still tell you I'm not positive what this house is worth, but I'm confident it's worth at least eighty, and it's probably worth more like eighty three, eighty five, somewhere in there. So pretty cheap based on yeah. nineteen hundred square foot home. I mean, yeah. they're selling for like fifty five dollars a square foot or something like that. So yeah, that's way cheap. Yeah. Um, and then we, we verified with a couple of property managers that, yeah, um, you could probably get a thousand to maybe even $1,200 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. 
So now I'm like, okay, this is a deal. So he had he had gotten something signed by the seller, and he sent it to me, and I'm like, no, 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 no. We've got to we've got to go back to the seller and get him to sign a real purchase and sale agreement. What did they sign then? It, it was like some a letter of intent. Or something? No, it was like an authorization and. Um, it didn't really talk about how you're purchasing the property. So we're going to prop buy this property. And we talked about subject to. So if he was going to keep this, I would just tell him, take it subject to the mortgage and let's make it really simple. But I, I talked him out of that. He's a newer investor. I'm like, last thing you really want to start doing is, is owning rental property out of state until you're a little more seasoned. Right. And you've got some money built up, so if there are issues that you can deal with them. Yeah. I'm like, wholesale it. Put some money in your pocket. There'll be others. Right. And so he agreed. So I'm like, well, now we're not going to do it subject to, because we're going to wholesale it. And I'm sure if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you know my thoughts about wholesaling subject to deals. Yeah. So... But we don't even know what kind of strategy is used in New York. Is it a mortgage state? Is it a trustee state? Do they do land contracts or contracts for deed? Uh, we, we don't know any of that. So we need to find out. So before we could write up the purchase and sale agreement, I told them you got to reach out and find out. Is New York a title company or an attorney state? It turns out it's an attorney state. So he contacted a couple, and and we went through some of the questions that he needed to ask, such as, I'm looking to, to put this property under contract. I'm going to do it with owner financing. What types of strategies do you use? And I gave him a list, wraparound mortgage, um, all-inclusive trustee to note, land contract, that kind of stuff. They said, yeah, we do wraparound mortgages. And, uh, will you, are you able to do an assignment of contract? And they were a little hesitant on that, but they said if it's done properly and I told them, what does that mean? Yeah. So I, he gathered that information. I also wanted to know, is there any transfer tax? What are the taxes that run on this and how fast could they pull a preliminary title report? Being an attorney, if I want to go pull a title report or you want to go pull a title report, Jonathan, do you pay them up front? Nope, I don't. What What does it typically run if you had to just pay for that? No, like a hundred bucks. Somewhere now around a hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> they want up front seven hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> um. So we've held off even on if pulling. You, even if you're going to do the the transaction with them. <laughs> They like, want it up front is the issue. So, because um, you and I, we have, you know, relationships with title companies. They'll just pull preliminary reports for free for. Yep. And they'll do it on multiple properties, even if we're not doing the transaction with them. Yeah, and most of the time, it's like they realize, hey, sometimes they don't work. So, it's is there part of doing business? Is there a reason for that cost? Did I'm not exactly out? sure. Um, <laughs> that, my guess it's probably all part of the closing, but they want their money up front because they're attorneys. Wow. So, 
um, they're not going to write it off if you don't close. So um, they want to get paid no matter what. I guess we're lucky here in Utah for not having and pretty much everywhere else. So, um, and there is a transfer tax as well, but it's such a small amount in this case that it really doesn't matter. But these are some of the things that you got to know when you're working in an area that you're not familiar with. Is, Absolutely. You know, yeah, title company, attorney, costs. Um, the you know, will they costs? work with you in the way that you want? How we're trying to create our financing. Yeah. So what we did is now we knew it needed to be a wraparound mortgage. Now, when we're, when we're wrapping this... We're wrapping the exact identical terms of the loan. It's right. an exact wrap. So it's like taking the property subject to. The only real difference is... And there's recourse for the seller. Thank you. Yes. So, <clears throat> And I, I told Antorius, I'm like, let me ask you a question. So you can do this subject to, and you can go wholesale it. And you know, they'll have however long that they want to leave this loan in place. And uh, are you okay in five years getting a call from the seller saying, why aren't you making my payments anymore? And why am I getting notices from the bank? And he said, well, why would that happen? I said, you don't know if it'll happen or not. Right. So, uh, but they're going to blame you. <laughs> yeah. And if he actually is in a better spot than he is now, maybe he even takes you to court. Yeah. So I said, why deal with that? Do it this way. You won't have an issue. He's like, great. Okay. So we put together a new purchase and sale agreement. And we're going to talk about um, what are the documents that I wanted him to get from the seller so that, hey, you're covered here. And you can then go wholesale it. So okay. let's talk about that briefly. And then we'll get back to the deal. The deal. Okay. okay. So I have a purchase and sale agreement that I've used for 18, 19 years, and it's the the Ron Legrand purchase and sale agreement. Now I've modified it slightly over the years to include a few things as I've learned some different things, uh -huh. um, but it's primarily the same. And it's not like perfect, but it's worked in four or five different states, six states, uh, I've never had a problem with it. So that's what I use. So I gave that to him. And we've gone over this purchase agreement on yeah. one of our episodes. Right. And we included the addendum. And the addendum, it stated, hey, we're going to do a wraparound mortgage for the exact amount of five, whatever, 63 it was a month, at whatever interest rate it is. And then we had to determine a term. Now, we could have taken this term all the way till the end, and I don't know how long it has left, mm -hmm. but it's such a small amount. Do we really want to tie this seller to this property for the next 22 years? I mean, no. is that truly necessary? No. So I told them, do seven. Seven years is plenty of time. It'll give whoever buys it time to get whatever figured out. I mean, what are they going to owe at the end of seven years? 35000 something like that? Yeah. Uh, figure it out. So we came up with a term, put together the rest of the, and in the addendum, we made it clear that it's going to be wraparound mortgage, that it's going to, um, that we're going to assign it, that, um, uh, 
we had a disclosure page that you know, we do this, we're investors, we make money, whatever. Okay, Standard stuff, just mapping out how we're going to buy this property and then making sure that we have the right to assign it to someone else. Yeah, and I think doing that, Jeff, is very important <coughs> rather than um, just kind of diving in like, I guess, like he did, right? Just having him sign this, you know, this this weird I don't even know if you called it a purchase agreement, but <laughs> I just said, send me what you've signed. And I said, no, no way. Well, we got to change this. So. Yeah. But I think it's, I think that's a great point um, to make here is to just mapping that out, finding out what you can do legally there and then getting it in writing. It clears, it just clarifies everything. Well, and <clears throat> one of the things that you want is you want to create a, a simple, idea of what you're trying to accomplish so that the title company or attorney understands the seller understands there's no misunderstandings so i try to go over and above uh, i'm yesterday i was signing a purchase and sale agreement in a market that the state uh the state repsy was used because there's a realtor involved I've never seen this. It took me probably an hour to go through it. And I still didn't find two things that I was looking for. And I had to, to email the realtor and ask, where are these? Did you put them in? And he's like, oh, number seven, number nine, whatever. I'm like, I'm not familiar with this purchase agreement. And it took me an hour to go through it. What state was that? Uh, Idaho. But <laughs> Idaho Falls in particular. So Okay. Uh, so I want it to be simple. Hey, we can go through this together line by line. We'll be done in 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what else we wanted? And I'm always trying to think ahead here. Okay. You absolutely want this stuff. If you were buying this, if you were taking it subject to or on a wrap, you would want this stuff. So think my buyer's going to want this stuff too. Mm-hmm. An authorization to release information. So that way you can contact the bank Directly. on behalf of the seller and get whatever information you may need. Yeah. So that typically includes a social security number, maybe even a date of birth. A limited power of attorney accomplishes exactly the same thing. I've never actually had to use it, but I'd still want it just in case. A general release. Now we've talked about this on our, one of our previous episodes too, and this doesn't have to be like anything super legal. Just a few quick sentences that you understand as the seller that you are selling this property on terms and that the loan is staying in your name. The loan has a due on sale clause and the loan could be called due. Things like that and just get them to initial it. Right. Okay. Simple. If you're taking a subject to, this is a must, an absolute must, because when they claim that you've taken advantage of them or whatever, three months, six months, three years from now, you have this. It's like they understood what they were signing. There was no taking advantage of. Right. Okay. An escrow letter. This is kind of uh, optional, but I always get this, this signed is that. If you're buying this property, so if I'm wholesaling, I'm not worrying about this. But if I'm buying it, it's that I'm going to send this letter in and say, rather than send whatever's left in the escrow when it gets cashed out, 
to the person on the loan, I would like you to apply it toward the payoff. Uh-huh. So now I get credit for it rather than they're going to send the check back to the seller. The escrow may be substantial. It may be a thousand bucks or fourteen hundred dollars or something. Not a big deal, optional, but something that I always try to get if I'm buying the property. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, and then the last thing would be, and this one's crucial, online mortgage access. So that I can just get online and if it's not been created, then let's create it and yeah. give me access to it. So I can either make that payment online each month or I can see the balances or the interest rate or everything else that I need to see online. Right. So those are the things that I said, hey, we've got to get. You don't have to get them all now, but certainly at closing need to be done. Right. Okay. All right. So now we, we, we're starting to think, all right, we've got a deal here. Um, but we're not positive yet. So we, we've gotten some ideas. It's like the property's probably worth 80 to 85. We can buy it for about 54. The reinstatement's like 2,500 bucks. And I think it'll rent for $1,000. And uh, the PITI is like 563. So I think we're in. Okay. Now we've sent the purchase and sale agreement. We're going to get that signed at this point. And, but now what? Now what are we trying to do? We found a title company. We think they can close everything that we need to. But now what? Well, yeah. What are we got to do now? Find a buyer. Find a buyer. So what, what do you think we should do? I mean, I'm not familiar with Fulton, New York. And Torius is not familiar with Fulton, New York. What do you think we should do to try to find a buyer? Um, Get on Facebook. Um, If you can post it on any kind of uh, real estate investing groups on there, um, like wholesaling full-time, post something on that page of a deal. Just asking if anyone knows any of buyers in Fulton, New York. Um, You can certainly get on LinkedIn and um, look up real estate investors in Fulton, New York, and um, uh, DM them, all of them. Yep. Another thing you can do, uh, I don't know if you've done this, but you could um, put an ad on Craigslist. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but that might be a way to... I don't don't like it. As long as the seller (laughs) understands you're marketing the property. um, The seller could care less in this case. It's not the seller that would have an issue. What I would be concerned about with, with both Facebook and Craigslist is that I'm just not familiar with what's going on with wholesaling in this particular area. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing right now. Maybe they could care less. But I don't want to find out. So I'm not going to do that. But I do like that you want to place some ads. So why couldn't we, on Facebook, say, anyone want a great rental that could make four or $500 a month with owner financing in Fulton, New York, in this zip code. Bam. Uh, Right? I'm not really advertising anything. I'm just trying to draw people. And I'd be on the Facebook groups, so wholesaling houses full-time, any other real estate. Facebook um, group. Yeah, and there's definitely some rental Facebook groups, um, all of that. I would also Google who buys houses in... 
Fulton, New York, or anywhere in those surrounding areas, I'd contact them all. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I would look and see if there's any kind of meetups or RIA in the area. And yeah, I was just going to say that I've reached out to um, some, the you know, the... Uh, Whatever the, the what do they call them principals or yeah the principals of the RIAs yeah present the presidents um, whoever owns the RIAs reach out to them directly and yep. say hey do you know any buyers for this so a couple of other things because this is where we're at right now so we're trying to find the buyer and uh, is it possible that you might find the buyer in Utah yeah as opposed to Fulton New York right yeah so. I did a meetup the other day, and I used this example. And we talked about virtual wholesaling. Uh huh. And sure enough, someone approached me and said, "I might be interested in that Maybe property." <laughs> okay, so let's. Antorius is in Florida. He needs to reach out to people in Florida and talk to them. But there's all kinds of software these days too. Could right. we also pull some cash buyers uh, from? R-E-W-W, PropStream, um, whatever kind of software, and yeah. just say, hey, in the last six months, are there any cash buyers in this vicinity? Yeah. And try to contact them. Yeah, send them a letter or cold call them. Could we contact some attorneys that handle closings and ask, do they work with other investors? investors. Uh, I mean, are we... He's trying to make ten grand on this, so... The down payment's going to be about $13,000, okay. which is pretty good. The cash flow should be about, let's say, let's say $400 a month. Um, do you think anyone might want to buy this property? Um, yeah. And they'll end up with some equity, too. Um, now, it's 20% equity, but it's on a low-priced property. But this is what we literally did working on a property that... We're not. We're in a market that we're not familiar with. We didn't have a ton of resources. I'll, I'll tell you, the one that really helped us was that someone was able to go through it. Um, but we could have just, couldn't we just hire someone? Go pay them fifty, a hundred dollars to go take some pictures and a video. As long as we had access to the property, that was kind of key. Right. But uh, it was. Was this terribly difficult? No. Nope. I know this isn't his first deal, but it's one of his first deals. Is it? And yeah, and cool. he'll make ten grand, uh, and I'm confident he will make ten grand. But we're now at the point where we're trying to find a buyer. So has he uh, went to any of the meetups or RIAs in his area in no, Florida? No, not see? yet. And actually, <clears throat> I got a text from him this morning. He said that he had some interest with someone yesterday that through a realtor. And I said, that's not what you want. That, that is not what you're looking for. And let, let me explain why that's not what you want here. So he's not planning on closing this. He's not planning on owning it. Yeah. He's planning on assigning it. Right. If you have a realtor, one, you're going to have to pay commissions out of it. Yeah. Second, you're, the buyer wants to go get a conventional loan. That's going to take... 30 days to get done. They're also going to be picky. They may want to do an inspection. They may, they're going to do an appraisal. 
do I really want to tie this property up for the next two, three weeks um, to find out if they're in? No. And then if they're getting a conventional loan, how are you getting paid? Because the the lender is not going to allow an assignment fee. Right. So we're not looking for the owner-occupant unless it's someone that's like, hey, I need owner financing. I'm willing to. Someone I've got area. 13 grand. Yeah. But in this case, this property will work as a rental sell it to an investor that understands quickly this could be closed in three days once we find the buyer well once we get the title report so uh and that's still up in the air what what if this title report comes back with all kinds of stuff so ultimately i would love to have pulled the title report by now but i understand he doesn't want to invest 750 dollars until he knows he can get this done. Yeah. So. I get it. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean. That the, is cool. The, that you could. It is so interesting now. I, I've been involved in real estate for a long time now. And there's no way you could have done this like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say there's no way. It would have been so much harder. Right. And now it's like. If you got a computer and you got a phone, you, you can make can, it happen. You can really make it work. So. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, keep us updated on that one, Jeff, uh, because I would love to hear if he sold it or not. Um, so, are you are you guys kind of splitting the wholesale fee for helping him on this? Or? So, and let's get something straight. I want to work with our listeners. Yes. However, I don't want to work on single family <clears throat> homes because I don't want to split $10,000. No. <laughs> um, so, no, I am not splitting this. I'm giving it to him. And That's awesome. Uh, but don't call in and hope that I'm going to do that with everyone. Or if you do want to, bring bigger deals. Multifamily. So multifamily, apartments, commercial, commercial. land. Correct. Those I'm happy to work and we'll figure out a split and... Uh, I try to get back with everyone that gets with us. I think I have gotten back to everyone. You have, yeah. And uh, and I think I've I've tried to help in any way that I can. So yeah. But don't all don't let's be cool. Don't send me all your single family. Figure out this deal, <laughs> Jeff. Make an offer, and uh, I'll take all the profit, kind of thing. Yeah, we're gonna inundate. <laughs> we're gonna inundate you with those. Yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to say no. So, uh, but I do try to help. Yes, and that's awesome. That's I, I think that's really wonderful of you to do that because you you spend time on this, even though you know. Oh, I did. Um, I, I did have to put the purchase and sale agreement and all the docs together and yeah uh yeah and you're not you're not getting paid for this he's not a coaching student of yours nope. like you're just helping this this guy out no nope. so. i did tell him i'd try to make him famous by using his example on our podcast so. <laughs> here we are talking about it so guys if you want to work with jeff on a deal of course don't bring him single families but um, any kind of commercial land multi-family deal you have um, reach out to us on our hotline. Our hotline number is 877-409-8090. Again, 877-409-8090. Um, I tell you that if you do want to bring single family, bring it so that we can use it as an example 
and we can go through some different things on the podcast. Yeah. So if you need immediate help, that's probably not going to be the best. But if uh, you, you want to see how we break it down and look at it, um, that would be great episode. Abs- absolutely. I agree. And we've been trying to get all of our listeners to call in. <laughs> So that we keep, you know, we keep touting this number um, because we really want to know what you guys want to hear out there um, so that, you know, this doesn't get boring for you. Um, and if there's some things that we need to cover again, please let us know. If we need to go over all the five strategies again of creative financing, let us know because we'd be happy to do that. Um, we just need some feedback from you. So, guys, you can also reach us on the web, www.thecreativefinancingpodcast.com. Again, thecreativefinancingpodcast.com. I think we're almost up to 18,000 yes. downloads. Yep. So approaching that 20,000. Real quick here, um, we will be setting up an Instagram page and a Facebook page. I apologize for not doing that yet. Um, the, uh, the, you know, a lot of the editing has um, consumed my time that I um, allocate to working on this every week. Um, and so, but I, I want to do that in the future so that we have uh, another um, channel for people to contact us. And I'm, I'm, and we're, we've also been talking about doing some short YouTube videos so we can actually show some numbers. I know it's sometimes difficult to follow. Yeah. Um, so w- we probably will put out a few of those just to help do some whiteboard videos, see some or visual stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, Again, our creative financing hotline is 877-409-8090. If you leave a message there, I get an email immediately. And uh, as soon as I get them, I forward these over to Jeff. um, And Jeff will reach out um, or I'll reach out. Um, So again, 877-409-8090. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Until next time, create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.